0: You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people win by living a genuine Jesus filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, then come and join us and be a part of the Passion Church family. You can visit our website, PassionChurchMo.com, to find out more about us. God bless you for joining us. Those of you that are joining us by radio, God bless you. Glad that you could be a part of Passion Church. And our worship, if you're ever in the Midwest and you're coming down Highway 30, I-35, or Highway 36, be sure to stop in and see us at Passion Church. Luke, the 15th chapter. Luke, the 15th chapter. Jesus is sharing a parable because the Pharisees have murmured against him saying, This man receives sinners, and he eats with them. So as soon as he did that, Jesus used it as a teaching opportunity. Oftentimes when people take the opposite road, want to fight, want to murmur, want to complain, that's a perfect opportunity to teach. And Jesus is using, Jesus being the master teacher, is using this moment. He spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? Now, he just exposed their heart. Here you are complaining and murmuring about who I hang with, but if you was to lose as much as a sheep, you would run out, and you'd leave the rest of them, and you would go after the one that got away. So he's already nailed them. He's already let them know where their heart is. Verse number five. And when he has found it, he lay it on his shoulders rejoicing. Here you all are murmuring and complaining because I'm hanging with these people. But if I should reach one of these people and they come back to the temple, wouldn't you rejoice? Verse six. And when he cometh, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And I say unto you that likewise you shall uh, likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over the ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Now, verse 8. He's continuing with the same thought, either what woman having 10 pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she find it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together saying, rejoice with me for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Then Jesus goes into the next parable about the two sons. He talks about the one who went away and the one that stayed. And the truth is both of those boys were in the wrong It wasn't just the one who squandered his father's inheritance, but the one that stayed home had a worse attitude about the situation than the one who was lost. And so the Lord brings that all out. I brought all that because I wanted to talk to you today, if I could, about it's time for us to jump the broom. Now this might, you're you're probably not figuring out what all this has to do with any of this. We will get there. Predominantly, African-American households, when they have a uh, a wedding, I should say this happens predominantly in African-American weddings. They do something that's called jumping the broom. This started back when African-American people in America were in bondage to slavery. Because they were not allowed to marry legally, they would have a ceremony in a wedding and they would make a commitment one to another and then they would jump over a broom laying on the ground. And that was the only legality that they had. They didn't have, that most of them couldn't write nor read. And so when the couple would together jump across the broom together, that was the sign of their commitment. And everyone that was there that witnessed that understood what that covenant meant. They'd done it voluntarily. They understood that it was a sign of legality and it was a binding commitment. They understood that it was a covenant with no escape clause. They understood that they did it voluntarily with the expectation and anticipation and joy. They did it as an act of love, and it represented a couple of things. The handle represents God. The bristles of a broom represent the unity of community. And so they were before God and before their community, letting everyone know that we have made this commitment. And their commitment was the sweeping away of their past and a commitment to their future. The earmark of this particular ritual was their dependence upon one another. Rejection of self-dependence and the partnership of unification. Now, in the Bible, believe it or not, the Bible speaks of brooms. In fact, everywhere you look it up, it talks about broom trees. Even Elijah, even though the Word says uh, in the King James that he sat underneath a juniper tree, if you go to the Greek, it says he sat underneath a broom tree. And a broom tree... Is a tree that uh, doesn't give very much shade. It's really more like a bush. And it doesn't give a lot of shade. It's not real desirable for shade. And if somebody was sitting underneath a broom tree in the Old Testament, it was simply a sign of last resort. And Elijah was at his last resort. He'd, uh, he'd had the Mount Carmel showdown, and here he was sitting underneath a broom tree. That's when the Lord began to minister to him. Now, look at this. Um, The broom tree, what they would do is they would take the limbs of a broom tree and tie them together and then mount them to a stick, and that's where the broom that you and I use today came from. It's a biblical tool that's still being used in our day and age. Now, there's all kinds of variations of it. I went to the store to try to find the most accurate one I could. I'm not sure this is wood, but it might be. And I went looking for this because in the Old Testament, every time it talks about brooming or sweeping, it's talking about the judgment of God. And the last thing we want is for God to come in sweeping in judgment because he sweeps away all of the unnecessary things. But in the New Testament, when you see it used, it has a whole different connotation. In the New Testament, sweeping represents getting rid of all the unnecessary things to find that one object that is so valuable and worth so much. It is connected to winning a soul in the New Testament. And it excites me, this message today. I was sitting minding my own business when the Lord said, it's time for your people to jump the broom. Mm -hmm. Let me share with you. Uh, After this ritual of jumping the broom, the Lord pointed out five things and five actions of agreement in jumping the broom. Number one. When we jump the broom, we jump the broom with the understanding that submission is involved in our commitment. Submission is God's order, ladies and gentlemen. We must be in God's order. God is looking for a husband and wife when they come together to get in order, to get in the order of worship, to get in the order of the couple, to get in the order of their relationship because they have to both be in submission to God and they have to be in submission one to another. And the woman, of course, takes the bigger role in that act of submission because she not only has to act in submission unto God, but she has to act in submission unto her husband. It's not always the most popular message to be preached in church, but it is God's way and it's God's order. But then the word goes on and tells us that we submit one to another. It's not just submission that a woman has to get under me and submit like we used to beat women to death in church years ago. No, this is talking about about a mutual submission in the finality of all things it is man who has to answer to God for the acts of the household and the way the children act and what goes on and the way the money is spent and the way things are conducted the business of the house falls upon the man's shoulder to answer to God for but when it comes to our relationships our relationship is a mutual submission one to another are you with me so far? So the first thing in jumping the broom is submission. The second thing is commitment. They have to commit to God and to each other and to their children and to their way of life. Commitment. The third thing that they, uh, they agree to do is separation. First, they separate away from all other gods, and they agree to separate all other loves. That they will only love the one person that they are committing to in this agreement. Mm, I'm having fun. And then they submit to the act of unity. The two becoming one with God and the three becoming God's marriage. When you marry your mate, you don't just marry an individual. You may, if, you, if you marry in a Christian fashion, you also marry God into your relationship. And you make God the center of the relationship of the two of you. And if the two of you are at odds, you've always got God in the middle to pull to. Mm-hmm. I'm having fun already. And the last thing that they commit to, the five actions of agreement in the jumping of the broom, is servanthood. Because we must serve and live for each other. We must serve and live for each other. Who can say amen to that? So, today I want to draw a parallel and a challenge for us at Passion Church and to the church of Jesus Christ. As I've already said, in the Old Testament, the broom is a sign of judgment and God using natural disasters to sweep away sin. In the New Testament, the broom is a sign of cleansing and cleaning to find things that are important and the, and the eradication of demonic oppression. You'll find that in Matthew, the 12th chapter, the 15th and, and Luke fifteen. We are called the bride of Christ. We have been given the promise of the return of the bridegroom. We have been given the earnest down payment on all of God's promises that he will return to us. If you read Matthew 25, you will see that he has given us the earnest of that down payment in the oil of readiness, which is called the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the one called alongside our helper. Hmm. Now just, if if I can share with you, the time of the Gentiles, ladies and gentlemen, is drawing to an end. Just in the time since we bought that building two years ago, in this place, we have experienced blood moons. Yeah. We stood on that parking lot and, and had on that day a... Uh, 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 what do you call it, a viewing, a watching of a total solar eclipse. The sun shall become dark. If you've read Matthew 24, these are the signs of the Lord Jesus told the disciples that the last generation will see all of these things, not just, not just a, a blood moon here and then a hundred years later. No, when all these things culminate together, that generation shall not leave the earth until all of these things that have been prophesied are fulfilled. As we as we stood over there, and man, that was the most amazing thing when the sun went out. Whoo, It was almost spooky. How many how many just got doodads run up down your backbone? And as we were standing over there uh, in that same framework of time, also came the sign that came into the heavens. That was the same sign that announced Jesus' first coming. Just like in his first coming, he announced his second coming. Ladies and gentlemen, the time of the Gentiles is drawing to its end. The work of the harvest, though, still remains and the stage is being set for the return of Jesus Christ, the catching away. Whether you believe in pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib, it's up on us. It is coming, and we need to be ready. I've I've noticed and been watching in the news. I'm, I'm getting excited, so you forgive me, but I've been watching in the news. I've been watching very, very closely. A lot of people aren't paying attention because there's so much noise going on right now in our political realm that we're not watching the rest of the news, but I've been watching the rest of the news. i been watching. Did you know, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not here to put anything down, but I just want you to know that the Pope is aligning uh, religious leaders around the world with a plan of allowing the third temple to be built. He is getting Muslim leaders in agreement to allow the Jew to build the third temple, and they're going to call it the house of prayer for all nations. They're trying trying to get every religion together so they can stand in front of the temple and all worship however they want to worship around the temple in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Mm. He's, uh, he's trying to pull everyone together in an all-inclusive worshiping body which includes and calls for the building of the third temple. There's also a wealthy elite right now that are calling for the unification of the world in economic order. There is also one of the wealthiest men on the planet who is setting up third world nations right now for global tracking and control by offering them vaccinations from deadly diseases in exchange for global tracking. This same man with many other uh, wealthy elites uh, are hiding behind large corporations and pushing for an agenda of population control, of monetary oneness, and global tracking. No longer are they hiding their agenda. It is all packaged in flowery words to fit a globalist mindset so that the world will buy in. We know that this is a biblical indication of the last days and of the times of the Gentiles. The church is as divided as the world is, and also outlined in Matthew 25, it talks about five were wise, five were foolish, five got with it, five retreated, five went in with the Lord, five were withheld from the outside. Why? Because their dedication was no longer in the Lord or the oil of his readiness. They wanted it their way. Mm -hmm. I'm having fun look at this. Passion Church, I want to get across to us and to the church global. As hostile as the world is becoming to biblical morality, decency, and truth, there still must be a standard bearer in our day. While the Bible calls that there will be a great falling away, it also says that there will be a great revival and a great upturn and a remnant that comes upon the rise. Ezekiel, the 22nd chapter, the 30th verse says, So I sought for a man among them to repair the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. Now that's shouting ground. That's shouting ground. But it ends this way. But I found no one. I found no one who would commit to building a wall. I found no one who would commit to standing in the gap and making up the hedge and defending so that the enemy cannot penetrate. I found no one who was willing to build or to fight for the cause. I found no one who was willing to stand up and make the way and bear the banner and make their name known and put themselves in harm's way in order to stand up and tell the truth. I found no one. Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot let Ezekiel 2230 play out again in our generation. It is time for the church to jump the broom. Like Moses cried in the wilderness Who's on the Lord's side? like Elijah cried out uh, on Mount Carmel, how long will you halt between two opinions? Passion Church and Church of Jesus Christ. It is time for real commitment. It is time for a complete sellout. This wishy-washy lethargic half-hearted church attendance is not what God has called us for. It is not what God has called us to. He hasn't called us to play around. He hasn't called us to lay back on our laurels. He hasn't called us to mix and mingle with the world and act like the world. He said to eat with sinners. He didn't say act like a sinner. He told us to 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 present and represent Jesus wherever we go. The commission is, is to take Jesus into their world and affect their world, not me to go into their world with my Jesus and then compromise and become as contaminated as their world. I'm called to be a standard bearer. I'm called to raise up Jesus Christ. I'm called to lift up his name. I'm called to lift up his banner. I'm called to preach his truth. Whether it upsets the whole world around me or not, I have a responsibility, and I've got to get committed to the responsibility that God has called me for because God is called for a bride. The greatest event in all of the Bible isn't Genesis 1-1. No, no, no. And it isn't even the birth of Jesus in the manger the greatest event in the Bible is found in Revelation I believe it's the 19th chapter it's called the marriage supper of the lamb it's all about God getting his bride it's all about Christ receiving what he deserves out of his sacrifice given into this earth he's looking for a bride who is spotless and adorned he's looking for a bride a specific bride a bride that has made herself ready. She is pure and she is spotless and she longs for his return in Revelation 19 and 8. In 2 Peter 1 and 4, she's been forgiven and pursuing his divine nature. In Ephesians 5, 25 through 27, she is sold out with all of her heart. In First Peter 1 and 15, she is comparable to her bridegroom and suited for his his affection and protection. She is like-minded with the bridegroom. In Matthew 22 and 14, although many are called, few are chosen. Mm. If you hold to the word and the moral parameters of the word, you're numbered with the bride. If you hold to salvation by grace through faith, you are numbered with the bride. If you believe in living separate, separated lives uh, from the world and you're in the world but not of the world, then you qualify as the bride of Christ. But it is time, church, for commitment. It's time for us to jump the broom. It is time for us to get committed in this thing. It is time for us to let the world know there is a line of demarcation. We're throwing the gauntlet down. We're not letting the world rule and reign. We're going to proclaim his name. We're going to proclaim his truth. We're going to stand even if all of the society stands in opposition to us because we're the committed bride of Christ. We've Up the broom. We're on the side of the Messiah living for him because we are his bride. We are his wife. We belong to him. We walk like him, talk like him, identify with him, and are submitted to him. Wow. I will hurry. Look at this. Hmm. Number one, if we're going to be serious about jumping the broom with God, then we've got to go back to those five things that I talked about earlier. Number one, submission. We must become submitted to God. We must become submitted to his delegated authority. You may not like the man or the woman of God at the front, but we must be submitted to what it is that God is doing with them and through them as long as they're living righteous and living within the bound of the word of God. Then we must become submitted to God, to his delegated authority, to his word, to his teachings, to his commands, and to his spirit and his leadings. In fact, Luke the 6th chapter, the 46th verse says, why do you even call me, Lord, and don't do what I say? Why are you using, it offends the Lord for you to use his name if you're not going to live for him. Why? Why would you call me, Lord, if you're not going to follow me? If you're not committed to what I've said, then why are you playing the game? Why are you using my name? So we must get submitted. The church of Jesus Christ must get in order. This thing that it's become is so out of order that sinners who walk through the back door are telling the person who's in charge underneath the authority of God how things should go. Church boards are ruling how the house worships. Instead of God having rule and reign and having a man that answers to God for how the house operates, we've turned it into everything but what it should be and taken the order out of worship and turned the house into a house of chaos where sin is tolerated. Is this too hard The second thing, we got to get committed. We got to attach ourselves. We got to stay loyal. We got to marry ourselves to the progress and the process of God. God has a process and it takes time. I don't know why I buy a building and it takes two years to get into it, but it's part of the process and I don't have a right to doubt and I don't have a right to back up and I don't have a right to quit. If God said it and God provided it and God made it happen, all I can do is be obedient to what he's done. And now we're standing here going, it's time and we need money. What am I going to do? I'm going to occupy. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to believe the money will be there when I get there. I'm going to trust him that he's going to use us. I'm going to trust him that we're going to get there. I don't understand all of the process, but I understand this. Anytime there's a process involved, it has something to do with my growth. Mm. number three we must come to the place of separation we got to come out from among them church there's there's just way too much that's being allowed in the body of christ now i'm not talking about becoming so stiff upper lipped that we throw everything out and throw the baby out with the bathwater. we can't do that at the same time there's a holiness of the heart and our heart needs to remain pure before the lord and we need to to search His Word to find out His statute, according to Second Corinthians two sixteen, there is a clear line of demarcation that must be drawn the the child of the Most High God, a separation, a coming out from among them. We can't act like them, walk like them, talk like them. We're here to provide for them an example of what it is to walk with Him, talk like Him, be like Him. And so if I'm acting like them, I'm not showing them Him. So I've got to stop acting like them and acting like Him and let them know that I have jumped the broom. I am on the side. I've drawn the line of demarcation. I don't act like I used to act. I don't use language I used to use. I don't act like a heathen like I used to. No, now I'm on the side of righteousness. I walk like him. I talk like him. I act like him. I preach like him. I do what he does. I heal like him. I go where he goes. I hang with people that aren't always uh, always the best of people, but the reason I'm hanging with them is to give them, hand me your hand, to give them an introduction into the kingdom, to give them an introduction out of the thing that's really, destroying you and tearing you apart. Yes, we sit back here and we judge things and people's salvation. What in the world is wrong with us when somebody gets saved because they used to be a hardened sinner. Now we want to throw them out with the baby out with the bathwater. No, no, no. A thousand times no. We hold them and we 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 pray for them and we undergird them and we stay with them and we help them to grow. So we must draw the line of demarcation. I will do these things, the Bible says, and I will not do these things, the Bible says, I will not do. Number four, we've got to get to the place of unity. We've got to join one another. We've got to join Jesus. We've got to join the Spirit. We've got to join the Father. We've got to join others in this body we've got to become a body that is fitly joined together we've got to be in this thing in the spirit of unity we've got to be working and not sitting back and each each part of the body being jealous over some other part part of the body that's getting the limelight in the moment no we should get underneath and undergird our brothers and sisters and hold them up and hold up their arms in the battle and help them and preach them and work with them and teach them and go with them and walk with them And help them to get across the finish line and into the place of character development. Because we've jumped the broom. We're not going to to turn our back on you because we've committed to this thing. We're committed, 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 committed to stay with you. Mm. We've come to the place of unity. We must join them in heart, mind, and spirit. We must get on the same page. We must move in the same direction. We must be a body, a team, a movement unto God. Number five, servanthood. We must follow Christ in the acts of humility. We must follow Christ in the acts of his humility. We must serve others in true humility. we got to learn to love beyond ourselves. We've got to learn to lend, to give, to help, to pray, to feed, to house, to clothe, to build, to repair, to listen, to give offerings, to counsel from the word of God, to help, to help, to help, to help. I'm in this thing to serve someone else. I'm in this thing to serve you. I'm in this thing to serve Christ. I'm in this thing to serve my neighbor. I'm in this thing to serve the world because anything short of that is self-indulgence. And God didn't put me in this life for self-indulgence. He put me here to be a servant. I got one amen. Wow, amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, revival in 2020 isn't about a gifted person who can preach or prophesy or heal the sick or raise the dead. I want you to know God has drawn a line of demarcation on the stars. There are no stars in ministry anymore. You watch. God's unraveling it. You watch. You watch my word unknowns are being raised why because unknowns in this generation they they don't care whether their name is big they don't care if people know who they are it's not about them it's about serving Christ it's about serving his body it's about being like him and being Christ like mm. another thing that revival is not like in 2020 is all of our large campaign outreaches Hmm? I didn't say we're not going to do outreaches. I said, it's not all about that. Where well, we do this big thing. and We feed the community once a year. And, whoa, look at us. And we pat ourselves on the back. And we film it. And we make sure everybody knows that we did something big for the kingdom. Come on, now, I believe in feeding. I believe in helping. I believe in doing it. I believe in reaching out. I believe in doing it. I'm just as guilty as anybody in this thing, but God is, God is beginning to narrow my vision down and showing me... It's not about these things. It's not about looking good. It's, not about, it's about doing it with a right heart. If you're doing it with a right heart, you don't care if there's a camera filming you. If you're doing it with a right heart, you don't care what others think. If you're doing it with a right heart, you don't care if anybody saw you scrub Sister Sally's toilet because she can't bend down to do it. You're not there to trumpet that. You're there to serve. And when you walk away, you and Jesus know what happened nobody else (laughs) all these other things are just a sign of the believer we can bring in someone and they can run through the house and i love it i'm the same as you i love to watch other people's gifts but don't get enamored with the person It's the gift of God that's operating. It is God that operates the gifts. It is the Holy Spirit that operates the gifts, not the man. And the man is nothing more than a man like you are a man. And quit exalting the man and exalt the spirit. Mm, I could get real ornery right here, but I'm going to behave. It's not about self-adulation. It's about Christ exaltation. That's a coinable, definable right there. It's not about self-adulation. It's about Christ exaltation. Hmm. You see, everything that I just named, the outreaches, the healings, gold dust, feathers, all the stuff that people get enamored with, Leave that in God's hands. Leave that in God's hands. It belongs to God. If he wants to do those things, that's up to him. But I'm not going to build up a man that that happens around. I'm not going to build up a man that that happens around because these gifts belong to God. We are servants of the Most High God. And God can use us in any way he wants to use us. Some people come in and they have expertise. They pray and teeth are healed. Some people come in and hearts are healed. And some people work miracles right before your eyes. But we get enamored with the person. Don't get enamored with the person. The person is a person. A person. A flesh and blood person who will fail. Get your eyes on the Spirit of God. What we want to build over there isn't something that's going to exalt someone's name. It's a team ministry, a body fitly joined together. Yes. That when I'm praying for someone, but I don't have the gifting to get that person the healing they need. But but now, my brother Steve over here, he has that gifting. I'm not going to stand over here and just... woo and try to work something up. I'm going to go, Steve, help me. I need your anointing over here to lay hands on them. Not because Steve is special, because God is special, and and he works through him in a powerful way. I need him. He needs me. I need you. You need me. We need each other in this thing because we're all equipped in different ways, and if we're going to carry out the mandate of the Holy Spirit and get God's truest intentions done in the revival, in 2020 it's going to happen because we come together and jump the broom with God so all the things that I said are just the signs of the believer I'm almost done so here's what revival is revival is submission commitment separation servanthood and unity, all working together in each believer so we can disciple the world around us. Church of Jesus Christ, Passion Church, it's time to jump the broom and commit. Time is at hand. Father, we thank you for your message today. We thank you for your blessings today. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place today. I pray, Father, that everyone that hears this message within the walls by streaming or by radio will hear the heart intent, not the giftedness of the man because we know that's limited, but they'll hear the intent of the Holy Spirit in this message that it is time to get off of the fence. It is time to stop playing both sides of the equation. It is time that if we're going to call him Lord, we do what he says. It is time that if we're going to be the church of Jesus Christ, we would better get with it because the world is advancing in rapid growth. It is time that if the remnant of Christ is going to arise, it must arise. It might mean some of us have to separate ourselves from houses of worship that are no longer following the power and the presence of God. It might mean that some of us have to come to a place where we shake off the world and get some habits out of our life. It might very well mean that some of us have got to change the way we talk, the way we walk, the way we believe. It might very well mean that some of us just need to shake ourselves and get back into a right relationship with him on our face, calling out unto his name. But it means commitment. It means jumping the broom and getting on God's side and allowing God to be God. Father, I thank you and praise you and worship you today that this message will not fall on deaf ears, but Father, that you're opening the ears of the hearer to hear what the Spirit has to say today. It is time. The season is now. The clock is ticking. And if ever there was a time to get committed and to strip ourselves from the distractions of this world, it is right now. It is time to draw the line of demarcation and to stop compromising with sinful practice. It is time that we set our compass on holiness, righteousness, purity, cleanliness, right living. It is time we commit to our Savior. If you're streaming today, you can know him simply by asking him into your heart. If you've been playing around and this is getting to you, What I'm saying is striking a chord in your heart. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. Because if your heart's being stirred, it's because God wants you. He sees you as desirable. He set his eyes upon you as his bride. And he wants to jump the broom with you. He wants you to commit. Cause he's returning and he wants you ready the only way to be ready is to invite him in and let the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit change in you what you cannot change and then you do what you know to do after you've had the heart change to walk towards him to walk into his word to walk into relationship with him to find a church that preaches the truth and doesn't play around that is your commitment then pray with me lord jesus come into my heart i don't want to live in any way that would grieve you i confess my sin i confess my distractions and i ask you right now to remove my sin as far as the east is from the west cover me with the blood of jesus And I'll receive you because of your grace. I place my faith in salvation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you did that today, let us know. Drop us a line at passionchurchmo.com. Let us know you made that commitment. Thank you for being a part of our service today. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram at Passion Church Mo. Until next time, God bless.